just passed legislation. Okay, Lauren's here. Let's get her in here. So we're on real Hi. Hours. <laughs> hey, We're all kinds of chaos Lauren. without you, Lauren. How, how's the audio? Is it okay? It's a little, oh. it's a little quiet. Yeah. LP, can you bump her up a bit? I cannot. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm afraid. I'm, uh, <laughs> I've been following family health emergencies all over the country. So I'm uh, just in a random room at family's house right now. No fancy studio. I apologize for that. We thank you for joining us, though. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. At first, at first I'm not going to lie. I was like, they're going live without me. I've got no invite link. Is this a get getting me back? Because I can't. <laughs> no, no, no. No, just so you know, typically he will send me the link and he'll send it to the other guests. But you're the first guest who doesn't follow him. <laughs> That's what's so crazy. I 100% have been following the iHypocrite account for years. So today when he tweeted out the podcast, I went to check and I was like, why am I not following him? So I went oh. and I re-followed you. But I, I know, we know this is a thing on Twitter. I know I sound like a crazy conspiracy person, but 1,000%. You're fine. I know I I, this happens to me as Slippery well. Jack I, I have, Dorsey up so to his you, old tricks. I actually have YouTube channels that have nothing to do with politics that I've that I've been following since the beginning of my YouTube journey. And it'll unsubscribe me. And I've never unsubscribed from a channel and not remembered why. So, um, yeah, there, there are a lot of weird, like, they just shake people off. So, yeah, I don't know what's going on there, but uh, the whole online experience is being uh, curated so much and like yeah. just enough that we sound crazy if we point it out. <laughs> okay, Lauren, have you been following the Wuhan thing and like even Joe Biden, our president? I know I know you don't live here and you haven't been here in a, in a while in the U.S. Oh, I'm, I'm... I've been following it. So okay, they, so were they censoring people talking about the lab leak conspiracy for like a whole year, and now they've just undone that? Yeah, yeah, they've they've banned people from social media, like completely banned, like lifetime banned people in the past for speaking what out against speaking, it. Though? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't know how far how far they're going to go. They probably don't care. But even people in China who were coming out, they were speaking out, they banned these people. And now even Joe Biden is having to admit that, yes, this, this was probably, they were probably right. So um, the other thing um, that I don't really understand is this could have happened in. <laughs> this is my setup. <laughs> okay. That's fine. We're glad you're here though, but this could have happened in any country. And things like this have happened around the world. Um, I don't see why they chose this time to claim it's racist, other than the fact that Trump was in office when it took place. So, Well, I'm pretty sure they've called the COVID thing. They've got the UK strain, the Indian strain. And I'm like, what? There's just no consistency to any of it. Anything going on right now. Nothing surprises me anymore. I just have to laugh. I feel like I've lost my damn mind. I'm not going to lie. Like, I feel like I open my computer, I look at twitter.com, I exit it, and I'm like, that's enough. Time to go to the psych psychiatrist. <laughs> so on a happier note, um, you haven't really spoken about being a mother that I know of. Is there yeah. uh, one one question I had for you? Is there so, anything sorry, hold that... on, hold on, Annika. Wait, I, there's... I, before we go on to that, because you were talking about the fact checking thing with Facebook, I actually I just wanted to throw something in about this real quick because um, I I made a video about Facebook fact checking. This is like a really pet peeve of mine because they use it to censor and throttle people, and this is something that I just wanted to touch on too. Because like what what happened with the Wuhan thing is you weren't allowed to talk about the lab leak theory on Facebook. If you talked about it, they would ban you. And now they're saying, okay, we're not going to ban people anymore. This is another example of that. This is an old meme from like October 2020 before the election. I, you can't really necessarily see it here because of the fact check over top, but it's just showing that gas prices were really high in 2012. You know, and they're saying, careful if you vote for Biden, basically, because this is what happens when he's in office. And they fact checked that on Facebook and said, well, this is missing context. You know, it's not Biden or Obama's fault that the gas prices were high here. And here's like a, a screenshot of the USA fact check article saying 
well, those posts lack context, right? And then now that Biden's in office, here's the uh, the gas prices now super high. So, but of course, the people who got punished for sharing that meme, they don't get unpunished or anything. They don't get to turn back the clock on that. So. I would recommend people watch a video I did called The Insidious Nature of Fact-Checking. It's like how they decide whether they put uh, slightly untrue or slightly true on something like that matters. If it seems like if it's a pro Democrat thing, they'll be like, well, this is a slightly true claim, even if it's false. And if it's a pro Trump meme or whatever, this is slightly false, even if it's true. But you can manipulate that so easily by saying, like, as you mentioned, oh, there's a lack of context. And that's what I've seen in so many of these little Snopes fact checks. Oh, it just needs more context because it disagrees with me. Yeah, it's I said in my video, if, if I had fact checking powers, I would get like these Occupy Democrats pages banned in like a day. You know, I would just go through and like fact check them the way they do to us and it would be over, you know? Yeah, and for legitimate lies that are being published as truth, not even, yeah. Oh, it's madness. Anyway, I have some things I want to ask Lauren about, but you uh, were curious about the whole motherhood thing. So I guess... Uh, just how it's like changed. Yeah, let's, let's, let's if, hear about if that. If it has. Yeah, I was going to mention before I came in, my son is running around downstairs with family. So if you hear any toddler screaming noises, that's him. He's a very happy child. And sometimes, like as a mom, I can tell which screams are happy screams. But other people are like, is your child, is, okay? is he okay? Uh, no, it's the best thing in the world. I absolutely love it more than anything. I saw a very interesting tweet the other day, I think it was from Evie magazine, where they said, keep your relationships private, but don't keep them a secret. And that's kind of the thing I apply to my family, my child, my husband is, it's not a secret. Everyone knows I'm married. Everyone knows I have a kid, but I keep it private because my child is one. He can't consent to his entire life being on the internet, to all of the crazy criticism and comments. You have some moms that and, you know, no, no judgment to them, although I wouldn't do this, who their kid is in the womb and they're making an Instagram account for them, <laughs> like live tweeting as if they're the child. Hey, guys, just had a great day today wearing my knit hat and going to the farmer's market. I just I, I the online sphere. I know this because I got into it very young, how much it can change your life, your reputation, how people see you, the access to your life and the stalkers that are out there. I want my child to have 100% knowledge and, you know, informed consent before he goes and puts himself out there on the internet. So I don't talk about it too much, but I will say it's absolutely the best thing that's ever happened to me. I am overjoyed. The other day, you know, the other month I got my first little Mother's Day gift with the little hand prints and a poem on it. And my husband- Did you cry? You cried, did necklace, you? And I was like, why do I even go on Hell World Twitter when I have this in real life? <laughs> like, why do I do this? But yeah, it's amazing. It's the best. <laughs> nice. Is there anything, well, I mean, I'll, I'll just ask my follow-up question. Is there yeah. anything that you assumed about motherhood that has just been completely different? Like, is it a lot easier than you thought it would be, a lot harder? That's like, a funny question, and I'm glad you asked it, because I've been thinking about this a lot. So much of the stuff that I have gone online and been like, you have to do this in marriage, or you have to do this as a mother, I've really like changed my mind on by actively experiencing it, which has totally changed my perspective on like conservative listicles on what to do if you want to get married. Because I, I just think actually living it in real life is so much more complex than any sort of listicle or internet advice you could give. Things that I thought I would hate about being a mother, I actually love. Like even just changing diapers and bathing my kid and when he keeps me up at night those can be hard things sometimes but I love it because I love the idea of like taking care of my kid when I feel like my kid I've given him a bath and he's happy like that makes me happy when he's up at night and he's sad and I get to comfort him even though I'm exhausted that makes me happy right and um you know things so I was thinking about it the other day I, I think when it comes to like definitely marriage and relationships, people are a lot simpler 
than we like to think they are, as weird as it sounds. So many people will be like, it's impossible to please men or it's impossible to please women, but they're just trying to please people that don't like them. If someone actually likes you, like my husband just sent me a picture of an Etch-a-Sketch that we got on a plane and he was at the hospital and just wrote, I love you on it and sent it to me and it made my Aww. day. And just little things like that. If someone actually likes you, it's really, really easy to please someone and make them happy. I, yeah. I, I was fortunate that I learned that at a very young age, even with just friends, even not like romantic relationships, that if somebody likes you, you can tell. Like, uh, you know, like you just, you can tell because they think about you and they try to make your life easier. There's, I think there's like a, I don't know if it's, real quick, real quick, there's like a clicky sound. I don't know if it's. Yeah, there's a little LP. crackling. I, I, I'm hearing that. Yeah, well. I just want to make sure. I heard it earlier. Sorry, is that on my end? I think it is on my end. Look. If you just want to adjust. Maybe I'll mute my mic when I'm not talking. Yeah, I don't know if it's like a feedback. I, I don't recognize the sound. It's like a crackle kind of. Yeah, it's a little bit of a crackle. It's just an excuse is, we'll have to have you on again in the future. Now muted. So I think yes. it is on your side, but. Okay. Um, and we'll have to have you on a second time now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what I'll do is the crackle only happens when you guys are talking. So I will mute my mic when you guys talk. And then when I talk, I'll take it off. Okay, mute. That... I'm so sorry, everyone. It's been <laughs> hectic here i've been trying to and they've been so understanding and annika and i've been messaging back and forth and i'm like i'm not home yet i'm not home yet and she's given me extension after extension so i just figured i'd jump on anyway but i will absolutely when i'm back to a good studio come on again oh yeah no worries i mean we're we're happy to have you um and if and if you guys are done with the kind of the uh, wholesome boring stuff i have some some questions i want to get into here um i saw on twitter a while ago i don't know if if this is accurate or not, but cause you're a, you make documentary movies. You're also an author. You, you've recently written a, a children's book. This, this is like the intro I would have done if I was like on, on point, but I think, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but are you currently working on a documentary that has something to do with sex work? That I am uh, empty love. We're actually just about to finish it this Friday. It's, we interview a few sex workers for it. It's not entirely on sex work. Um, we interview people who have worked on the algorithms for apps like Tinder and um, other dating apps and how it works, how all this internet stuff psychologically manipulates us, what the actual data is showing us around hookup culture and modern dating. And uh, yeah, just observing modern love and why all of the statistics around sex, marriage and happiness are going in the wrong direction. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. I mean, that's kind of like what we're about on this show here. Um, I I wanted, I don't know if, if you've already done your interviews. I was going to tell you, I was going to give you my own personal tip from from my observation of sex workers, which is that if you're if you're talking to them, something you always one thing you always want to like scratch at, so to speak, is is their mental health. Because I, I do this thing called depression checking on Twitter, where every time I see somebody posting about their OnlyFans or whatever it is, you can search their tweet history to see if they've posted about having depression. And it's like, it's easily nine out of 10 times that, you know, of these, these people who do the sex work, quote unquote, they often seem to have mental health issues. And, and, and there's like a bunch of studies that back that up as well. It's not really like anything like super new or, or they were sexually that. assaulted um that's another yeah, that's like another that. one a lot yeah. of yeah a lot of them were sexually assaulted at a young age so yeah. well you know what's interesting is these two girls that i interviewed for the documentary it was obviously a bit difficult for me to get sex workers um because as soon as i put out that tweet saying hey i'd love to interview sex workers i got like every giant sex work account saying don't Literally, talk to her this woman is the devil yeah. do not talk to her um so I, I got harassment for weeks from that just like you bitch you this you that and the two girls that came out and talked to me they were more right-leaning sex workers so they had actually experienced something really horrific which has happened in the sex work community that not many people know um, they keep lists of ugly mugs. So these are guys that will rape or beat them or not pay sex workers after. And these lists are kept on sex work protection sites and Facebook groups that they all stick together to make sure 
you don't end up with one of these people. All of the girls who were Trump supporting or right wing were kicked out of these groups and their access to these lists was taken away. So literally putting them in physical danger because they supported Trump. So these girls were just horrified by what was happening and they were happy to talk to me. Um, and they were very honest, very honest about their experiences, very honest about sex work, you know, like it's being way too glorified. It is definitely not for everyone, but they're also, it was a very interesting interview because they were outback sex workers. So they worked with like farm hands and farm men out in the middle of nowhere. They've done the big city stuff, but they decided they preferred farm workers. And the stories they had about why people go to sex workers, I found the most interesting. Some of them had guys, and like I can literally cry when talking about this because I remember one of the girls crying when talking about it. They would have guys that worked on a farm or worked on a ship 11 months of the year and just got Christmas off and they would hire them just to hold them, just to hold them and say, it's gonna be okay. Not for sex, not for anything, just for human connection. Like a man who just had never been hugged or held by a woman. And this girl had one man every Christmas that would hire her just to cuddle him. And it just broke my heart hearing how lonely people are, how they get to this level of loneliness. I know it's always glorified, like it's just this uh, brute force, physical, um, you know, hedonism. But I, I always thought that it's got to be more than that. There's got to be like guys that turn to that. I don't think it's just, a, you know, a sport for them. I think that it, there's got to be something emotionally breaking. And if if they weren't that way before, I guarantee you after hiring someone, paying someone, to spend time with you in that intimate way and knowing that she's really only there because you're paying her, that's got to wear on the guy. So if he didn't start out all messed up, he sure as hell going to end up messed up after, after doing that a handful of times. And that's, um, yeah. Uh, sounds yeah, like it's going to be a that, really... That's a sad, <laughs> that's like a really sad documentary to have to... I, I can't you know, wait to watch it. <laughs> it sounds yeah, really we'll, interesting. We'll watch like it. All the we'll, data uh, stuff we'll too bring you back on afterwards me, so. too to talk about it because I think that would be interesting kind of going through maybe some of the process or maybe maybe you could come on and talk about some of the stories that didn't make the cut in, but you know, ones that you still find interesting because I know you can only put so much into a documentary. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to do that. And I promise there'll be no clickety clackety noise in the background then. Um, but yeah, I'd absolutely love to talk about the documentary. There's so much that we couldn't put in there. We're, we're interviewing a lot of like, you'll people will know we, we have Sydney Watson in there, Suzanne Benker, a lot of people that kind of talk about sex relationships, feminism. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's empty love. I'll, I'll definitely send you guys an early link. Nice. Uh, so you guys can do a review of it if you'd like. I will. <laughs> I love that. Definitely. Yeah, I like that kind of stuff. There was you, you, hey, Lauren. You cover some really dark topics. How do you cope with all of this afterwards? Like, do you? You don't have to go into your mental health history, but how do you kind of like get through like the work that you've done in the past um, up to today is pretty dark. Like, how do you kind of get through it? Yeah, I remember, um, <laughs> oh my gosh, I remember being in Turkey and we, we had been arrested. I've told this story a few times, but we were told that we were facing five years in jail. And um, I remember laughing. I was like smiling and laughing like, man, that's crazy. That's pretty crazy. Very Midnight Express. And realizing that I had gotten to this point of like such, my, my, my normal was so crazy that things that should have been affecting me weren't affecting me anymore. And that was one of the many reasons I stepped back and took a break, took a year off because I have met so many people in media that have spent years at this constant heightened level of political participation, dealing with the backstabbing that exists in politics, dealing with the stress, the lawsuits, getting arrested, all of this stuff. And I noticed one of two things were happening to them. They were either, have you ever heard of the phrase becoming the mask? Yes. Yeah, so no, but I, I can kind of get the meaning from it just from hearing it. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, so it's when you've kind of created a public persona that is more confident than you are in private, because that's how 
that's just what most public figures do. In private, people are very different than they are in the public life. So they had become this very confident person in public and it had consumed so much of their life that they had just become that. They had forgotten who they were outside of the public figure and they'd become the mask. Or they had um, Captain Abe syndrome, which is obviously the guy from, um, oh my gosh, what's that whale book? What's that damn whale Moby book? Dick. Moby Dick. Moby Dick, who his whole life, he's just so angry about the damn whale that he's dedicated everything to trying to get this whale. And that was some people I met, everything was about trying to end the left and they had forgotten all other contexts to life. Mm. And I was like, oh my gosh, I do not want to get to a point where I have lost my concept of reality and become the mask or become the Captain Abe and just have nothing outside of this online political participation because I've put everything into it. I've almost gone to jail. I've sacrificed my life, Lauren, friendships. Like, no, Lauren, no. There, was, there, was, there was one time I want to bring up and this infuriated me about you. And I actually told a couple of friends who are big fans of yours and I was really mad. I believe it was the, at you. I believe it was the Battle of Berkeley. It was one of the ones where you were running in, you were wearing a tank top and a helmet. And it was so obviously you. And it was at the height of your popularity where you were getting all this negative press and you ran in. And from the photos I saw, yes, there may have been guys there to protect you. Anybody could have done anything to you at that moment. And I remember seeing the video footage and saying, she's gonna get hurt bad because there's a lot of people out there who would love the trophy of saying I took down Lauren Southern. And I was so mad at you just because I felt like you were so tough that you were gonna get hurt. And that was the one time that I actually saw where I felt like she's gonna, like she's making mistakes, she's gonna slip up. It wasn't that I thought you were going to do anything wrong, but I just, I felt you were too close to the flame. And then after that, I noticed you kind of like, you didn't go into hiding, but you were a lot safer after that. And I think right after that was when, is that when you started filming, was it for Borderless? There was some time you kind of like, you went off and you were like with a film crew after that. But I remember that one time just thinking how frustrated I was at you. And I wanted to just say, what are you doing? You're going to get hurt. So, but, um, but you haven't done that since. I haven't seen you in a in a protest, you know, marching on the front lines. <laughs> Maybe you were protected. No, you're, you're absolutely okay. 100% correct. And that's something that mentally I realized after that turkey trip. I was like, I have rolled the dice too many times. No one is this lucky. No, the fact that I didn't go to jail, no one is this lucky. It doesn't make sense. I am pushing my damn luck. I'm Icarus way too close to the sun. I need to take a step back. And there are punishments and consequences that have happened as a result of some of these things that most people will never know. And I'm never really going to be able to talk about whether they be, you know, uh, political, social, like places I can travel, all of these things matter. You know, I've, I have family that I can probably never see again because of countries that I can't enter. And these are the consequences that people don't see publicly. And I'm not going to harp on about because they just make things worse sometimes. But um, yeah, I'm just lucky I still have my, <laughs> I'm still alive. But, you know, I still get the odd death threat and this kind of stuff. But that's, I'm sure you guys do too, such as the internet. Yeah, I never got piss bottled though. So I, I got that going for me. <laughs> uh, there, here's something I wanted to ask you about because you did a video a little while ago where it was, it was called something along the lines of uh, conservative critique of capitalism or something like that. I thought it was a pretty interesting video and I saw it sparked a lot of discourse, a lot of people talking about that and, uh, you know, whether this is like a, a new kind of socialist direction. Like, is there... Is there, are we headed for an area where the right wing becomes kind of like socially conservative, but fiscally uh, liberal as, as a kind of like flipping the, the, the script on that? And we, we don't get too deep into like economic policy and, and, and politics in general in here that are outside of the, the gender stuff. But I saw this story the other week. This was, well, this is a couple weeks ago now, but when I knew you were coming on, I wanted to ask you about this because it kind of ties into this idea of um, capitalism run awry. And this, this is an article in The Guardian talking about a study where they said they found alarming levels of forever chemicals in U.S. mother's breast milk. A lot of people have been talking about 
like endocrine disruptors. I don't really know a lot about it, but they some people have speculated that this has to do with the rise in things like autism, possibly even transgenderism. I shared this story on my Twitter and the reaction I saw from most people, they were saying that like, oh, well, this is big formula wanting you to not breastfeed your children so, and and give them for and I formula instead. And I thought, I don't think that's what this that's supposed to be your takeaway. I think your takeaway is supposed to be to look at the environment. Yeah, they totally missed them. <laughs> right. Look at like, what you're putting into your body as as a woman, as as a man, like whatever, as somebody living in this world and and ask yourself if it's safe and if there's anything you can do, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I'll, I'll get to the breast milk stuff because that's interesting. But um, re the capitalism stuff. One reason that I wanted to do that critique of capitalism is a big reason the left have been failing the last few years and not necessarily failing and winning these small cultural battles, but failing with winning over normal people. You meet normal people in the street and they're like, oh, my gosh, this cancel culture stuff has gone too far. This is a bit crazy. You even though they have tons of activist organizations and lots of people in government, the average person is a bit frustrated with this. And the reason is a lot of progressives are just unwilling to acknowledge basic realities, observable realities, you know, the four plus, or the two plus two equals five kind of stuff. Um, like men shouldn't be in women's sports, you know, that, that seems pretty obvious to the average person, but progressives are just unwilling to acknowledge this because it'll destroy some, some political cause concept they have set as a god. And I've noticed this in right-wing circles, and I do not want this to happen. People have set capitalism as a god, and it can do nothing wrong. And while it's true, it's the best system we have, that doesn't mean it's perfect. And if we are unwilling to criticize it, and unwilling to acknowledge where it fails, we are missing out on a huge market of people who may feel like, actually, I agree with the right on a lot of concepts, on a lot of social issues, but man, there are problems with the market going on right now with big corporations with the way that government is interacting with the market and they seem unwilling to broach that and i want to show actually we are we do want to broach it we do want to talk about it uh, but we also have to talk about the fact that some of these solutions we've tried to propose have killed millions of people so maybe we can't consider these communist solutions and we need to talk about different ones and as for you know people saying this is this is a big uh formula conspiracy people can definitely take this too far um but yeah i do man i don't even know what to say that story's messed up it scares me i obviously breastfed my kid and i hope i was eating all right but uh, definitely the the level that corporations are going to make profit the level that people are willing to go and lie to make profit and cut corners you notice with gluten intolerance people are having lately that's up and up and up just because of tons of preserved being put in bread to make sure they can last on shelves longer. There are absolutely health um, consequences to. I think I think it lagged a bit. Yeah, we're losing. We're losing. The audio okay. is getting a bit choppy there too. Unfortunately. Yeah, let's. She really might want to. We can do about that. Reset a second, but I I like where she's going with this. I just. Um... Do you have any thoughts on? Uh... The breast milk thing? Yeah. Okay, so they've they've done a lot of tests of our water supply. We have Prozac in our water. We have all kinds of cocaine in our water. We have birth control in our water. That's the other one. That's my theory on a lot of this gender stuff. She, yeah, she might. Lauren, are you there? <laughs> if you're, Lauren, if you're having issues, we can actually pick this up. We can pick this up another time. Because I like I like where you were going with the conversation. Now we're having audio. No. We can try once more. Maybe I'll stay on for fifteen more minutes. Yeah, it's still it's got um, a, like a weird yeah, like a Google sound, but yeah, stay on for a little bit. We'll have you back on when you're not having audio issues, though, because I like this conversation. Um, I, I think there's a lot of real explanations. Like I was mentioning how we have birth control in our water supply and that could, I mean, you take birth control to change your hormones. So it totally makes sense that if men are on estrogen hormones, it's going to change them. So I do, I do believe in transgender. You do as well, Lauren. I think we've had this discussion in the past, or I, I think you were talking to meet Kevin about it, which he's running for governor of California. I don't know if you saw. 
Lauren, <laughs> she's just blinking. Oh no, she's like just not in here. No, 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 me can't. Okay, no, okay. Cutting. Um, sorry, you're, you're cutting out a bit. Yeah, I'm kind of um, going a little bit on a tangent, but um, there is. There are, uh, bleh, there are a lot of chemicals in our water supply. There's a lot of chemicals in everything that we eat, that we touch, our homes are built with. It would make sense that it is disrupting our endocrine system, cancer. A lot of people say that it's just that we test for these things now. And because we live longer, that's not the only explanation. People were not dying with tumors in their 50s, like years ago. It was a lot more rare. Yes, we're living longer than we used to, um, but that's in spite of these things, not because of. Um, we're doing all all of this to, you know, make us live longer lives, but it's like we're going in reverse. So especially with like obesity, which is leading to heart disease and diabetes and all kinds of horrible stuff. But anyway, I wanted to get kind of your take on that or unless LP wants to pivot. Well, my two cents on the on the on all of this is like you have to start be, like looking at these companies like they're trying to kill you basically like you, you, and I mean I say this but like I'll drink the odd Pepsi or I'll hit McDonald's if I'm really pressed for time and I'm out and about anyways you know what I mean but it's like I I just have to like it's like you have to look at it like this is like a really you know, serious, like, like they, they don't care about you. You know what I mean? That That's the bottom line. Like the, it's these companies, that's you're just a product to them and you should try to avoid it. Try to like fight back with yep. your spending habits as much as you can. That's my two cents. Yeah. It's rich people's responsibilities to be early adopters and to buy, uh, spend their money um, where it, where it is helpful. So that's kind of my, that's my opinion. You, you need to think about corporations the same way you think about journalists. If a journalist can get away with a lie, they'll do it. If they know they can get away with it, they'll do it. If a corporation can get away with selling something that may be dangerous for you, but is cheaper, cuts their or increases their profit margin, makes more people buy it, they'll do it. Absolutely. It's not about us as the individual. It's about their benefit. And unfortunately, that's just how humans work today. There's no more community. There's no more consideration of the wider country. You know, ask not what my uh, country can do for me, but what I can do for my country. That is not, that is gone. It is all about me, 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 me. So we look at during the gas crisis when there was that big cyber attack and people were having issue getting petrol, all of these people were just shitting on individuals stocking up on jerry cans in the back of their cars saying what about the community what about everyone else who needs gas well why would they care about the community there's no community their neighbor isn't going to help them maybe their neighbor can't even communicate with them because they don't even speak the same language maybe their neighbor thinks they're a nazi because they voted for trump everyone wants each other dead in this country no one cares about each other anymore there's no community no i'm going to bring sugar and eggs to your door and have you over for a barbecue that is yeah. i mean in some places maybe in rural route New Hampshire, you've got that still, some places, but for the most part, it is, you are out there for yourself. It's getting to Mad Max level. And the more this declines, the more the gas prices go up, the less resources they are, the more brutal it is going to get. And I do not want to be the person that says, focus on yourself first, because I do think we need to focus on community. But the problem is when everyone else doesn't have the same idea of let's help the community, you got to focus on yourself and your community and your family first, or you're gone. You're done. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. It's a doggy. Yeah. Dog people world. used to live in, sorry, LP. People used I, to live in smaller communities where they each had a role and it just seems like every, yeah. Parents nowadays have to serve 10 different functions and it, it's, yeah, it's chaos. So. All right. I have anyway. one last little segment for us and then we'll, we'll wrap it up here. Not, not to belabor this too much longer, but um, I, so Lauren, I do this, web series called you can't stop progress and it's basically a clip show and i show lots of just like messed up things some mostly with a political bent but not always and i've been doing that for a long time and sometimes people message me and they say like why, why don't you do like a wholesome version why don't you do an, an, a show that's all white pill clips and i kind of say well that's that's not really my thing you know there's other people there, there's stuff like that out there there's like people are awesome youtube channels and stuff like that but something has happened on twitter over the last little while which is that people started creating these like 
posting L accounts. And there's there's like women posting their L's and journals posting their L's and a whole bunch of uh, copycats of what, every flavor you can think of. And then some absolute legend decided to make an account called Dudes Posting Their W's. And it's all like wholesome stories of like positive male representation. Here on screen, I have one example. This is uh, a story from CNN saying that a seven-year-old boy in Florida swam for an hour to get help for his dad and sister who were stranded in a river. And it's it's a lot of stuff like this. This account has a million followers now. It seems to really rep, uh, resonate with people. People are like hungry for, I think, some positive male representation. So we finally get appreciated for some of the stuff we do instead of just always being told how we're toxic and privileged all the time, you know? I, I have somewhere else I'm going to go with this, but why don't you give us your two cents on that and then I'll follow through. No, I, I absolutely follow this page. I am obsessed with it. I have made a rule for my life where I picked one social media network. Um, and I would definitely recommend this to anyone watching, whether it be Facebook, Twitter, actually, this is impossible with Twitter. Don't try this on Twitter, Facebook or Instagram, Pinterest. I don't care where I have unfollowed everything political. And I've only followed things that are positive, a subject that I want to get into. I'm getting back into painting. I'm doing winemaking at home right now and following these things that are creative, that add to my life, that add to my community. And what it does is when you go through your usual app scroll of the day, oh, I'm going to open Facebook. Oh, here's more hell world, more riots, <laughs> open Twitter. Oh my goodness. Uh, we're all being taxed, taxed up the wazoo and going to war again. That's awesome. I hate everything. Get in an argument for two hours. And then you go and you open that one app that you've made positive. It just sucks you right out of that hell loop. And it is a hell loop. When you're on social media, you get mad, then you get madder, then you watch more things and you keep getting mad and stay in this loop and you can't leave it because you're so riled up about an argument you got in with someone or someone who's lying. And it's like, and then you open that app and it's suddenly things that you love and you like that remind you, oh, okay, there's something else. There's something better outside of this hell world. And we so, like, I would, 1000% recommend that to anyone watching. I know it's hard when everything's crazy, but we don't partake in politics for the sake of politics. We partake in politics to make our lives better. If we're not actually living lives, then there's no point in partaking in politics. Politics is not for the sake of politics, people. <laughs> um, for me, Lauren, uh, mine has been gardening. So I bought a new house in November. And I've, yeah, and I, I've got like a bunch of stuff on order. I'm buying fig trees, strawberries, my tomatoes are looking great. So for me, it's very much about um, connecting with people um, who have the same interests. And now I'm thinking about getting into paddleboarding because I used to surf back when I lived in California. And I can't really surf in Texas, but you can do paddleboarding. And I wasn't aware of just how awesome paddleboarding was up until more recently. Like I didn't know, I think just the last couple of days I started researching it and I didn't realize the board was inflatable and that's why it floats so well. So um, I'm like, I'm, I'm thinking about things just like what you just said is positive hobbies that are really interesting to me. Like I got a puppy. It's the first dog I've owned as an adult. Um, just things like that, where it's like just trying to bring things that spark joy as Marie Kondo would, would say. And um, yeah, avoiding Politics, I would say, is a first is a first step. Um, LP and I talk about some pretty depressing things on this show, but I think you know we can still talk about the uh, sex wars topic. And I think at the very at the very beginning of this um, of this series, whatever you want to call it, um, we used to do like a moment of Zen at the end, sort of thing, like a meditation, and that that fell off. And I try to end every <laughs> yeah, because shift. every time we did it, it was kind of like, oh, that that fell flat. That was that was, short. That was shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then it got to where I was like trying to like take whatever crap stories we had and like, okay, so what is the positive thing we could get out of this? And there never was any, but we can evolve. Like we can, uh, yeah, we we always leave the show feeling like happy and entertained. So I don't know, maybe you've got some good uh, advice for us Yeah, outside of just curating our feeds. Sex wars. There's a reason we're having a sex war, right? And it's a, <laughs> it's 
story. My, my child's going on a scooter outside and screaming. But there's, there's a reason that we're having a sex war. And I don't know if you've ever heard that phrase where if you still hurt, that means you still feel. So you have people that are out here that are deeply upset and deeply angry because they feel unloved. They want the other sex to love them. They want to be held. And sometimes they'll take that out as I hate men or I hate women and just this constant clash of the genders. But a lot of it is happening because we need each other. We love each other. We want each other so much and we want healthy relationships and healthy communities. And not having that has disturbed us so much internally that it's turned into an all out war. But the fact that we still have that desire, that intimation in us that says there is something missing here, there is something wrong here. If we can tell there's something wrong and something awry, we can fix it. If we've lost all feeling altogether, we are just completely apathetic. There's no anger. There's no fire in our soul. That's when it's a really dreadful, scary situation. Well, I hear what you're saying, but the problem with women is you can't live with them and you can't live without them. And this brings me to my last thing that I wanted to show you guys, which is uh, in the same vein as the copycatting the L account, somebody, of course, decided to make a women posting their W's account. And this I don't follow the account, but this viral tweet made it onto my timeline. And it's basically... Uh, a 17 year old girl, uh, this is a mom posting about, she says, my daughter is 17. She's a senior in high school. Her boyfriend's 18, also senior in high school. They've been dating for three years. They have just started being sexually active. I told myself I'd handle these situations better than my parents did. What should I do? Okay. And then in the next post on her Facebook, she says, took my daughter out to play tennis today. Yesterday, I discussed getting her on birth control with her father. He was angry and started yelling at her, called her a slut, said she was grounded and can never leave the house. Well, do Yun, if you are reading this, she is out of the house with me having a nice little girl's day. Also, if I didn't tell you, we are getting a divorce. So... You know, men posting their W's, it's like a little boy saved his sister or somebody lost a lot of weight or something like that. Women, it's like my 17-year-old daughter is getting railed by her high school boyfriend and I'm divorcing the father because he wasn't down there's, with it. There's got to be more and to it look, than that. present company excluded and, and everything. I want you to look at me in the eye and tell me that women don't ruin everything. Women ruin everything. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> right, Lauren? <laughs> um, in defense of women, <laughs> there are some shitty men out there. But yeah, no, I've seen, I saw this post. I do follow women posting their W's because every once in a while there's something wholesome on there. But it seems these people have gotten very confused about what a W is. Anytime there's a divorce, anytime there's a breakdown of a family, that's a tragedy. Women posting mm -hmm. their tragedies. Mm -hmm. Like, this is not a happy good thing i don't know yeah why it's not that you should like this. like you know crucify your daughter if yeah, she's like years old. A guy's right? there, there's something to be said for maybe he maybe he was a little bit in the wrong here but to get divorced and have a celebration about it that's a bit much sorry to interrupt go go back but yeah. um, no i was just gonna say like i remember even when i was younger like seeing how women do you remember that uh blue kentrell song um hit him up stuff yeah, exactly. So it's like, I remember that was like a lady's anthem. Like your man cheats on you. So yeah. you get back at him by maxing out his cards. It's like, no, no, no. no that song does bag though. Yeah, but it's, <laughs> it, it's like that, that it shouldn't bring you joy to destroy a guy's life because he cheated on you. Like Oof. it should be a very sad, depressing thing that you like have to overcome in life. And you, but you've learned like, to avoid those kinds of men yeah, you learn to see there's kind of a twisted like version of female empowerment isn't there yes that, that's that, what it is it's yeah. like it's like i keyed his car oh you go girl that sort of attitude which is like no that's not empowering you're petty you're a child <laughs> you, yeah they, it's um, it's sad used justice with revenge and revenge yeah. is not a healthy emotion it's not something that brings a lot of positivity into the world um have you guys ever seen r am i the asshole like the reddit yes yes yes, oh, yeah. yes. there's some really weird stories on there yeah 
sometimes you'll read a story and it'll be like, so I came home and my husband started screaming and throwing stuff at me. And then I told him calmly, please stop. And then he started assassinating a baby in front of me and hit your <laughs> launch codes and killed 4 million people. And then I told him that wasn't very nice and he punched me in the face. Am I the asshole? And don't ask me if this actually happened or not. Don't deny my truth. <laughs> it's like, um, is that yeah. how it went down? <laughs> like people go to the internet for validation of their insane realities. Uh, this is a big thing in politics too, where you see people argue with invented versions of other people. Like, yep. just we're we're all being enabled to live in these fantasy worlds. But the scary part is that enabling is translating to our real relationships and real lives. Like this woman here, who has just divorced her husband, which is a huge decision. Maybe it was the right one. Especially after know. being married for probably twenty years. Her Twitter page for validation on that, and she's probably feeling like oh my goodness, this was the best thing I ever did. Look at these hundreds of thousands of people with no context to the situation. They didn't hear the argument telling me I did the right thing. That's scary. And that's giving people an artificial sense of whether they are right and wrong. It actually empowers narcissists. Right, and there's always going to be other people seeing that. Seeing that, like, it sends a message to everybody who sees that post, right? It sends a message of, like, oh, if, if I brag about divorcing my shitlord husband, I can get celebrated too, right? Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. I see you. that a lot. They <laughs> No, no, you're right. And they think that that's part of what uh, these people, like, the shooters, things like that, the people who want notoriety, and they do something really messed up so that they can get on the front page of every major news outlet and their name can be, you know, they're infamous. Like everybody, as soon as I hear the name Elliot now, I, I think of Elliot Rogers before I think of E.T. And that that's not how it should be. I should think of E.T. Um, it's just, it's just so messed up how, yeah, like how we, we look at this story. And I, I used to be in a mommy group a while back and it was the women's stories were so messed up and it was in the feedback that they were getting from other women was messed up. I remember one, when I finally left the group, this woman was planning to kidnap her child from the father and leave the state to a state where she, and she was going to hide out and she was asking for, for advice. And all the advice was like, yeah, that you go girl, do this and that telling her how to cry to an attorney to get help. And, you know, um, and I, I just remember like this woman's about to commit a felony and everyone's cheering her on and she's about to destroy the lives of her children just to get one over on her, I guess, ex-husband, ex, whatever father of her child. And it was, it was just such a messed up situation to see like, a flood of women all supporting her in committing a felony, which was to break, to break a, I believe that she was going to lie and say she was abused um, just based on like the interaction she was having with other moms. And I, I left the group. I was like, I, I can't be around crazy people like this. Yeah. And I, I see that a lot with women. And I mean, you see it in with men too, but it's in very specific spaces like the pickup artists and stuff where they, they try to encourage men to, you know, manipulate women and such and it's i don't know have we had a pickup artist on yet we should uh, <laughs> we've had a sex worker boss mac is we've the had... closest we've had but he's not really a pickup artist he's more of a just a game guru but okay we'll have another one but um, yeah we we've had some interesting guests all right well let's let's wrap this up so lauren um so you got Empty Love coming. Any other projects we should be on the lookout for? Yeah, even though I've uh, been a bit busy and away from the desk for the last few weeks, I've just filmed two huge videos. Um, one in particular is a really long investigation into transgender hormone blockers, how they work, looking at all the data on them, and that'll be coming out in the next week or two. And another just... Just a couple of YouTube videos and my documentary, really. That's <laughs> life's a bit too busy for anything else these <laughs> days. I did want to make one point, and I'm sure if we do another podcast, we can talk about all this. I did see a few people in your chat going off about how I am a secret hope not hate agent working for the big leftist Illuminati. They're paying me to make documentaries on the problems with mass immigration and uh, white people being killed in South Africa. Big, uh, big. Yeah, what, what's the deal with all that? 
Uh, well, I I know we I don't want to. This would take forever. I, I think you're misspending your funds, Lauren. Huge ass article on this. All the receipts, everything, what the truth is, um, and I will post it down below this video on YouTube so people can go and read that, and you guys can wrap up your podcast without me taking another four hours to explain the absolute shit show that that is. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. So yeah, if you want, so, if you want to know about the hope, not hate stuff, there'll be a link below, uh, on the YouTube video here. All right. Uh, so Lauren, we your, get so your job, your job is to send us the link to your new, your new documentary. Well, so you comment it and I'll pin it. That'll work better. Yes. To, to the, uh, if, to if the other works. one, to the empty love. Oh, yeah, and then well, we yeah, will definitely. watch it and we will have you back on when you're in your studio. Um, and you, we can, we can give you our feedback. And you can uh, you can maybe expand on it. Excellent. Well, thank you for tolerating my uh, terrible audio today and terrible video quality. You guys are legends, and I really appreciate you having me on. I will be in touch. Yeah, thanks for doing that. Uh, and thanks for for watching. Thanks to the people who sent the super chats. I see you. I don't. I know I didn't read them, but I'm I'm not really seeing any any important questions there. But just know that we love you and appreciate you. And uh, that's it. We'll catch you all on the flip side. Peace out.